All right, welcome in, friends, to Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast supplemental. I'm John Champion. I'm Ken Ray. And uh, today is today's not really a supplemental. It, it, at least it's not a normal supplemental. Um, this is a couple of guys who are fans of Star Trek who have spent a lot of time looking at Leonard Nimoy's work over the years and wanted to say something and pay respects and... Uh, We'll hear a little bit later today from Rod Roddenberry. Um, so we won't have the the formality of a normal episode of Mission Log. Uh, this is just more uh, kind of from the heart. Um, Ken, I assume that the same thing happened to you as happened to me. You, you woke up and uh, you saw on social media and on your phone and everywhere just huge reaction about uh, the announcement of... Uh, Leonard Nimoy's death. It's worth pointing out that we were recording this Saturday morning. The announcement was made Friday morning. And um, and very quickly, a lot of uh, people who listen to Mission Log said, hey, can you please record something? Can you please do something about Leonard Nimoy? So, so here we are. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, actually, my wife told me <laughs> mm-hmm. before she went to work because she was up earlier than I was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm. It's well. I don't know. Where are you on it? Because I, I, I hate. I was reticent. I'll be honest. Yeah. I was reticent to 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 do this. Yeah. Because I've been having like this whole you know weird range of things, and and the thing that bothers me most is it's not about me. And I'm not saying it bothers me that it's not about me, but I don't even want to mm-hmm. talk about what my thinking about it is because everybody yeah. comes with something of their own, and everybody goes away with something of their own, right? I'm having this weird thing where it's like I miss the actor. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I have no feelings about Spock in this, which is kind of strange because Spock's not gone. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know if that's, and I've been trying to like come up with like what that is exactly as maligned as the JJ Trek movies are mm-hmm. among a lot of people. There's, there's actually something really neat about having had Leonard Nimoy be a part of that universe because it's almost, it's not like a blessing exactly, but it's almost like a handing it off from one to another. It gives it a little bit more legitimacy than just, you know, hey, Paramount's Mm going to make a buck on Star Trek. Yeah. The weird thing to me is most of my like, like fond memories and most of my fond associations of Nimoy have nothing to do with Star Trek. Really? It's very, I know that's very odd, but I think it's because... Star Trek was always on in the background from the time I was a little kid, you mm-hmm. know, and so there's Spock. And 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 the real revelation of Nimoy to me was I think the uh that the, there was a TV show called Lights Camera Action. Hmm. They used to be on, on Nickelodeon. And mm-hmm. what it was was it was a behind the scenes look at all these movies. It was mostly science fiction movies or or comedies. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one that was Superman three. I remember seeing all the clips from <laughs> Superman three behind the scenes stuff of Superman three, but it was hosted by Leonard Nimoy oh, cool. and he would do these, like he would do these little things like where he would teach you a little bit about movies that sort of in between those clips. And and I don't know why, but like there are things that stick in my head that he said from that. And it was sort of like a neat, like, Oh, wait a minute. That's not just that guy. That's also this guy. And then when he directed three men and a baby, yeah, right. <laughs> it's right. Like, the revelation was, I mean, and I guess this is, you know, certainly this is a Star Trek message uh, throughout Leonard Nimoy's life that had nothing to do with Star Trek. This one thing that you think he is, it turns out that's not all he is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's, there's something that's, I, I miss the guy. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not having the whole like, you know, Spock is gone moment thing, but Spock's not. I mean, Spock's an idea. Spock, yeah, yeah. And Spock yeah. transcends. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sad about the loss of Nimoy, though. Yeah, I mean it's worth saying that you know not neither of us knew Leonard Nimoy in right. person, so we we can't really talk to what he was like in his real life. But right. um, well, we we got a lot of email and we got a lot of social media feedback, and and there's one in particular that I kind of wanted to start with today because I thought at least it could put into context how we could even justify doing this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is from Zach. And he said, uh, I do not have many track fans among my immediate family or friends. So listening to you each week is the deepest conversation about the shows and movies I can be a part of. You will undoubtedly be flooded with those of us uncertain where to go or how to feel about Leonard Nimoy's passing. I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to meet him, but I know I certainly didn't. 
yet I am currently choked up, something that didn't happen when Robin Williams passed last year, and he was arguably in my life longer than Mr. Nimoy was. I think I would have felt this way at the passing of Dee Kelly, Jimmy Dewan, or Mr. Roddenberry, or most recently Mrs. Barrett Roddenberry, had I been more conscious of Trek at the time. I don't know if you're going to say anything next week, or if you even should, but I think we all feel it, and I thank you guys specifically for fostering that connection and getting us all talking together. So hearing that, I, I kind of get it, you know, um, Mission Log, and, and you and I are both very thankful for this, that it has become a conversational show. And one of my great joys is that whenever an episode gets published, we immediately hear back from people. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they love it, they hate it, they're moved by it, whatever. And that's really, really cool. But now we have something in real life where uh, a figure who has affected a lot of people then we we have to, we get to put that into a kind of context and continue that conversation. The conversation gets a, a, a new piece of nuance because we're talking about something in real life. Um, and by the way, it's also worth mentioning that Maurice Hurley, uh, executive producer of Next Gen first and second season, also passed away this week. Yeah. Um, and that, that got attention in the social media sphere as well. Can... Um... You know, can we say a listener's name? Are you okay with that? Somebody sure, who didn't of course. Write into us? Of I, course, yeah. I, I, I hope. I, hi, Ines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so weird to me to hear from Zach. I don't know Zach. I've never talked mm-hmm. to Zach, and that's that's true of most people who listen to this show. You mm-hmm. know, um, and that's somebody that we talk to. And I may be saying her name wrong, and I hope I'm not. I try to be good about that. Mm-hmm. We see her once a year. In Vegas, yep. and she talks about the exact same thing. How when she's when she's at home, I mean, she doesn't have the whole you know the whole Trek thing. Yeah, so I, I, I'm going to be very touchy feely here. Uh, everybody <laughs> who is feeling that way right now, yeah, yeah that's uh, oh, this is the yeah. Okay, I'm hugging you. All right, there, I said <laughs> it. I hate that. I hate that kind of thing. But yeah, uh, it's it's so sad to think about people not. Yeah, all right. So fine, you you've justified us being here. All right. Good. <laughs> Thank you. I, Good. Appreciate, I appreciate Good. that. I feel much bo- mo- both better and more maudlin now. Yeah, right. Now that we're right. halfway through it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're talking to people who already get it. We're talking to people who are already feeling something and and maybe not were shocked at the news because we, we knew that uh, Nimoy had been admitted to the hospital and maybe over the last few years was not as well as he had been. Um so it's not not shocking and sudden, but yeah. but certainly just as sad. Um, and it was a day that kind of we hoped would never come. I, I remember actually being at a convention, and it might have been the 2011 convention in Vegas when um, he gave his sort of final farewell show. Mm-hmm. And, and this was really interesting. I, I wish that you had been there, Ken, because instead of the usual actor goes on stage – maybe says a few things and then you just open it up to Q&A and then the Q&A is, what was your favorite episode? What did you think about that? You know, it wasn't that at all. It was Nimoy behind a podium with a prepared, I, I have to say it was nearly an hour long, but a, a prepared monologue. And then he ran a uh, a PowerPoint slideshow behind him with all these shots of, you know, from him being a little boy and being in the army and then coming to Hollywood and his first roles, Star Trek, Mission Impossible, and everything that came after. And he just did this like one-man show that summed up his his life and his career. And he got choked up and the audience in its entirety got choked up. Um, and it was a really incredible event. And I know I was sitting next to my girlfriend in the audience. Hi, Mary. And she said, at that point, or maybe shortly after, she said, you know, we're going to come to a convention one day and he won't be here. Because we had heard that that would be his last thing, but mm-hmm. we didn't really believe it, <laughs> you know, yeah. because sometimes you just don't believe it. And somebody says, this is my farewell tour. Seen the who too many times to, to know that, <laughs> you know, to believe it. Right. Um, but she said, you know, we're going to come back to this one day and he won't be here. And, and I think that'll be the hardest loss for me to take 
you know that that he is this massive presence um and and we've had deaths in the star trek family before um but for some reason just that one she knew and i knew by her saying it was going to be that much harder to take than uh, than almost any other hmm. yeah um a couple of uh things that came up to me um when when i was thinking about this one of the reasons and i wanted to read that from zach is that you know we know that we're talking to an audience of star trek fans mm -hmm. and the thing that hit me yesterday when I'm sort of out in the real world is that here I was faced with hundreds and hundreds of comments from people talking about this person that we all had kind of a, a shared knowledge of um, and how difficult it would be to put Leonard Nimoy and Spock into context of, of importance in, in that world. But then trying to talk about how this was important and meaningful to people who are not Star Trek fans, because, yes, I have a lot of friends who are not Star Trek fans, and a few of them reached out to me yesterday saying, hey, I, I, heard, about, I heard about Spock, mm -hmm. you know, really sorry about that. And, uh, boy, that, that must be tough. And, and I tried to, a couple of them wanted to carry on the conversation a little further, and I tried to think of a way to express how big a deal this is and how important this is. And I was trying to say, well, you know, it goes back to the character and the thing that you and I did for so long on Mission Log and continue to do on Mission Log, talking about these characters who explore humanity. Um, when I said in a statement on Facebook that Star Trek is about humanity and Spock is that heart, um, I, I, I was sincere about that. And I think that's still holds up that on a show that uh that tries so hard to say something about the human condition and ask the big questions what it means to be human you have to have that character whether it's spock or it's data or you go a little further out and it's you know the the doctor on voyager or seven of nine um you know that that's what the whole show revolves around so even when you take away the spaceships and the phasers and the the bumpy headed aliens mm -hmm. you're left with somebody there who gets to be that mirror image to say um you know who am i and what is this all about and uh, and for me i think that's why the character resonates so so deeply and there's also well there's also something uh, that happened in the movies. I mean, here's so yeah, you think about Star Trek as being this like 1960s TV show, right? And and mm -hmm. it would be very easy to say, well, so there was that character, and that was that was that cool character, and he was always this. No, he was never a human, and oh, was you know, all the all the sort of Saturday afternoon rerun, you know, sort of encapsulated like five minutes while you're passing through the room, things that might be happening on the screen. Mm -hmm. From Star Trek 1, or from Star Trek The Motion Picture, excuse me, through Star Trek 6, you have growth of that yeah, character again. You have growth of all of those characters again. And maybe that's part of what makes it so difficult as well. I mean, this is not... I was trying to think of like another iconic you know, television person who died that would have mm -hmm. had the same kind of effect. And I, I think for a few reasons that you don't, you're not going to hit on that many mm -hmm. because you don't get that kind of, uh, from 1960s television, you generally speaking, don't get that kind of growth of a character, first of all. But then you don't get a chance for a character to live like, like so many times again. Yeah. And and that's not a that's not a search for Spock joke. I mean, that's just, yeah, right, right. That's just. I mean, even from Star Trek the motion picture to Star Trek Four, you're dealing with a completely different character because they kept growing that. Um, and and there's something there's something. I I don't want to conflate the character and the guy, but yeah. the, but there yeah, is yeah. something about. I think probably because he had such a guiding hand on. I mean, he directed uh, uh, three and four. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Nimoy had a big guiding hand in how Star Trek got to keep going yeah. at that point. It didn't fall back on, not to not to bash the uh, current movies, but Star, <laughs> Star Trek 2, I mean, Star Trek um, Into Darkness felt in, in a lot of ways like more of the same, many yeah. ways over. First of all, it was Star Trek 2 just done over again, but additionally it was just like, okay, well, we had explosions in the last one and fast ships, so let's have bigger explosions and bigger ships this time. Right. It felt like more of the same. And and 
you had uh, in those middle two movies, in Star Trek Three and Star Trek Four, you did not have more of the same. You had decidedly different from two to three and from three to four. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's largely due to this guy. I mean, it's, it, it, yeah. it's all hard to, it's all hard to, to pull apart and separate. I, I think, yeah. Well, there, there's a couple of things that you said that that make me think. Um, it seems like there was a point, and and I'm sure that this happened for every actor on Star Trek, or or would happen to any actor on any kind of major show. But but you're done with it, and you're done with it, and that's it. And I don't have to talk about it again. Mm-hmm. And, and as we have picked apart many times on our show. Star Trek was different, and it took on this other life, maybe in part because it was canceled and because fans had to sort of take it under their own wing and and keep that sort of uh, keep that idea alive until new Star Trek came out. So there was a kind of ownership over it. Um, but you know, as far as the actor is concerned, they're sort of done with it. I, I did that job. Now I'm looking for the next job. And Nimoy even came out with that book, uh, "I Am Not Spock." Right. <laughs> you know, right. and, and and in context of the book, because I was a chapter in the book. In context of the book, that makes sense. He he's talking about himself as opposed to the character of Spock. But there were fans who took that the wrong way and think, "Wow, he he's just severing all ties. He's denying it." You know, blah blah blah. Um, but realistically and rightfully so, the actor has to make a, a separation with the character. But then I think something happened, and it might have been out of the the professional necessity of there being more Star Trek being made when you go from the animated series to the movies. And then, as you mentioned, Nimoy taking over as director on a couple of those movies, where I really feel like he did the homework and and that's why i was so struck with his farewell performance his farewell speech at creation because i feel like there are a lot of actors who you can kind of just wind them up and let them go put them mm-hmm. on stage and they'll talk and they'll answer questions and then they'll sign autographs and they're done and great and and you if you got your 50 dollars worth to get that autograph fantastic good on you but i do feel like there was some point where Nimoy stopped looking at it as just, well, here is this role that I played once and started looking at it as here's a role that has meaning and impact for a lot of people. And I need to figure out why that is and be able to speak to it. Hmm. And, and then he did. And I think he did in a, in a more eloquent and interesting way than a lot of other actors that I've seen talk about their roles. Mm-hmm. So I always uh, respected that, and and I thought that was an interesting uh, thing about him. Is it all right? So Data's looking for humanity. Data's trying to be human. Mm-hmm. Spock was not trying to be human. Spock no. was trying to not be human. What is it mm-hmm. about? What is it about that character that speaks so much to our humanity? Well, that's and, the thing and, that I and is yeah. that and is that Nimoy or is that Spock? I mean that's that's another question, but a yeah. separate sort of a separate question. Except I don't, I don't know that you can separate any of these. I don't mean to sound Pollyanna when I say Spock's not dead, but Spock's not dead. I mean that's the cool thing mm-hmm. about Spock. Mm-hmm. He is an idea. Right. All of Star Trek is an idea that I mean, oh, yeah, is not necessarily being handled as well or as fully as a lot of people might like right now. But the idea doesn't die. Yeah. yeah. In the way that Star Wars died. <laughs> for yeah. a while i mean is there right. something and maybe it's because you got so much tv or maybe because you've got so much so many novels or so much fan fiction i don't know what it is exactly but there's something about it that 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 i mean star trek in a lot of ways is like a bed bug or a roach or something it's not going to die i mean it, it's yeah. not necessarily yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. as healthy as you want it to be but it's not going anywhere right um but th- that whole thing of 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 is it Spock's? I mean, what is it? What is it about that character, or what is it about that actor? And is it the two, or is it? Are they separate? Or <sighs> talk to me about his humanity or yeah. his lack thereof, and why that speaks so much to humans? Right. Well, that that's so. Let, let me let's talk about the second part of the question first, because the second part of the question is there were like eighteen parts. Of that <laughs> there, there, I'm there sorry. Were, there were. <laughs> okay, but let's but, talk but about the second the, one. Right. But one of the questions was 
Leonard Nimoy the actor versus Spock the character mm-hmm. and and how indelibly linked they are. Um, I, I do think that they are indelibly linked and Zachary Quinto does a great job playing Spock and, mm-hmm. and it helps that he resembles young Nimoy and it, yeah. it helps that he can kind of embody that as an actor. However, there is something so unique about Leonard Nimoy's portrayal. And and who knows, if it had been Martin Landau, we might have been talking about Martin Landau and how incredibly connected to that character he was. You know, So again, it, it might just be sort of luck of the draw that you got the right actor at the right time in the right character to be able to play it. And you also have that good fortune of filming that second pilot where Nimoy the actor has a very different actor in Shatner to play off of than he did with Jeffrey Hunter. Mm-hmm. So all these sort of accidental things that came together, but they helped the actor to inform the character. And once that magic was made, well, when the other writers step up to the plate and say, you know, when DC Fontana says, I want to explore more about the Spock character, and maybe that's because she saw Nimoy do something great. Or maybe at that point they realized, hey, Spock is getting more fan mail now than Kirk is getting, you know? Mm-hmm. So you can kind of drive the stories to to explore that. So if we're asking what comes first, the, the, the chicken or the egg, was it the actor or was it the writer or was it the character or what? Well, we may not truly know what came first and what kicked that off, but it is the right combination of those things that, that came together to kick that off. I was talking to somebody yesterday about how um, – you know, when we talk about big figures who leave an impression and and then they're gone and people kind of have to deal with it, um, I, I was saying, look, you know, I, I've been alive when presidents have died and, I, and I've been alive when famous actors have died and, and all kinds of people that, that you think of that leave an impression. Um, but I was saying to this person who is not a Star Trek fan um, – this is a character who not only fans have seen evolve for 40 years, more than 40 years. If you think about it, Spock was – he was there in the 1965 pilot, mm-hmm. The Cage, and he was there in the 2013 J.J. Abrams movie. Right. That's remarkable. It's remarkable that anybody would get to play a character for that long um, given and, all the ups and downs. And that that character changes over that time. Yes, and I think that's the important thing because the character then – the character is the character central to Star Trek that asks, who am I? We could pose a lot of things about Kirk and about McCoy. You know, Kirk is – Kirk is driven by ideals. Kirk is driven by duty. Kirk is a person who – looks to do the right thing and and sort of make his stamp on the world, you know, stamp his name on the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, McCoy is a character who is compassionate and and asks what is the right thing for other people? How, how do my decisions affect other people? But Spock is the is the character who whose motivating question is who am I and what is my place in this world? And I'm glad that you mentioned the movies. I'm glad that you mentioned that arc because, you know, we spent more than an hour talking about the motion picture and I talked about how much I love that movie and how I think it's so critical to understanding Spock, the Spock who came before and the Spock who came after. If you don't have that movie where Spock finally reconciles his emotional being, then I don't think you necessarily get that Spock and you don't get that moment that we have at the end of The Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Or at least if we did, I think it would have played out a little differently. But you had to have that moment come with V'ger to to inform that character. And and it's kind of a beautiful thing then to see to see this character who others sort of made fun of for being logical and and as you like to point out Ken you know using the org chart to his advantage <laughs> you know yeah. um, it's a great moment to see that character then decide 
I can act emotionally because I care for my friends more than I care for logic. Mm -hmm. It's a big moment. And as I was talking to this friend of mine yesterday saying, you know, there aren't many characters who are that big and that popular who speak to who speak to an existential feeling that other human beings have. James Bond is a huge character. I will be devastated when Sean Connery goes or Roger Moore goes. And I, I, will, I will look upon those James Bond movies fondly. But James Bond is a cool character who gets the girl and takes out the bad guy and drives a cool car. Mm-hmm. James Bond is not a character who has an existential crisis or an existential problem who deals with his emotional side. Spock is a rare breakout character in the pop culture who does something incredibly profound. And I think that's maybe why why people feel this loss greater than they feel other losses of, you know, let's face it, an, an actor playing a role. Yeah. You know? There's something, that, yeah, there's something about it. I find myself, and this is weird, and I don't know if I should say it out loud, you're editing this show, though, so you can edit it out if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I find myself, uh, honestly, I, I, it, there have been many times that I've wished that Star Trek was on television mm-hmm. again or still. Mm-hmm. Um, in my head, the J.J. Abrams young Spock is dealing with the loss of Spock Prime. Hmm. And it's, an, it's it, 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 this is a character that you can actually, and I don't even feel like that's sacrilegious to say. I don't feel like that's, it, I mean, there are some things where you would do that. And like, like if Chris Pine was mourning the loss of, you know, the Shatner character, that would, mm-hmm. that, that to me would feel cheesy and weird. But I mean, it, you're right. This has been Spock's examination all the way through. And, and, and you've actually, if this were TV, if it were on TV, I would expect, you know, there to be a, a sort of, acknowledgement of that and 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 even more in-depth look at okay so so now who am i with that mm-hmm. gone it is it is very strange this is wagon train in the stars right mm-hmm. it is very strange to be talking about such existential um uh, topics uh with you know the, the pointy-eared guy the guy who was yeah, supposed right. to look like the devil i mean that was right. pretty much that was uh, that was a uh, <sighs> yeah 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 i i i was it, the only person that I could kind of think and and everybody's different everybody is affected by by the loss of someone in a different way but I I was trying to think of another popular figure who may have had as profound uh, uh, an effect when when they were lost and I was thinking somebody like Walt Disney Here's somebody that that you see, you know, if you were a kid in the 50s and 60s and you saw this person on TV every week, and it wasn't just that you saw the person on TV every week, it's that the person represented an idea. And the person represented this, well, physically, a, a, a theme park that you go to and, and, and have a good time and create memories. Um, but those stories get linked and interwoven with kind of the fabric of of your childhood and the way you look at the world. So I would imagine that had I been born <laughs> when Walt Disney died, I I could imagine that that would have a pretty profound effect on people, you know? Um there's well, I mean there's something yeah, I mean at Disney, I mean it's it, it speaks to who you are. I mean mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. who affects you speaks to who you are. I mean there's my mother was torn apart when Elvis died mm-hmm. and my mother was torn apart again when John Lennon died. Yeah. And it speaks to, it speaks to, you know, who you are and what's important for you. Um, there's, um, Steve Jobs. I mean, Steve yeah. Jobs. I, so my other thing that I do is, as a Mac, I do a daily Mac news show and I used to do for a while, about a year and a half, two years. I did a live show, um, on Wednesday nights, and mm-hmm. Steve Jobs died on a Wednesday afternoon, and so we did this whole you know, like you know, like people just sort of getting together on the phone, basically for an hour and a half. Going, man, yeah, it's very weird to think though. I mean, you know, I remember when Lucille Ball died, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's sad. 
You yeah. know, I remember when yeah. Andy Griffith died, and I really liked Andy Griffith, and so yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. that's sad. Leonard Nimoy dies, and you're like, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you don't yeah. even get to the part of oh, that's sad. It's like, what, what is what? So what now? Yeah, in a way, despite the fact that he hasn't been. It's it's very strange. I mean, there is this sort of what now thing, even though he's not been part of a continuing thing for quite a while, except that he, he's been part. And then we had the weird, I mean, there's the whole weird social media thing too. I mean, we're at a weird place now with our celebrity. He he posted a tweet on the 22nd. That was the last tweet that he posted. It was on February 22nd. Yeah. We get to live with our celebrities in a way now that we never have before. It used to be like Look Magazine, right? Or maybe right. Life or maybe uh, Page 5 of whatever newspaper, the Liz yeah. Smith column, things like that. <laughs> and now, you know, there's a chance that your favorite star is going to see something that you say to them and say something back to you. I mean, we live, mm-hmm. he, uh, had he passed 10 years ago, I don't know that there would necessarily be quite the same thing because we're walking around in his pocket now, you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. in the pocket of all these, uh, Takei obviously is, is, is just masterful at his whole social media thing. But Despite the fact that he hasn't been Spock, with the exception of you know the turns in the JJ Trek movies for a while, I mean he's 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 actually been a bigger part of our lives in a way, and that's going to be true of almost every celebrity out there now. Yeah, um, with notable exceptions who who absolutely hate Twitter and won't go on it. Um, yeah. we all get. I mean, we all got to be a bit closer to that guy uh, than than we did when he was coming into our home every week. Well, I, I think it's definitely that and, you know, for Star Trek fans, again, going through this ride of 40 plus years where here's somebody that, that you could meet and you could talk to and you could go to a convention and get a picture with him and all that. So he, yeah. he becomes that much more real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, if you've got a notification on your phone, oh, look, he just tweeted something, he just said something and and then interacted with with other people. Yeah, the the... The closeness is compounded because of things like social media, mm-hmm. but then Star Trek has been and continues to be this other special thing that a lot of other pop culture phenomena don't get to enjoy, that, that they don't have this closeness among fans, you know, fans to other fans, but then fans to the actual actors and writers and producers and creators of this uh, of of this storyline, um, so yeah, it, it, it's it's such a unique combination, and then I think all the bits and pieces about Nimoy the person that we've picked up, um, they make it feel that much more sincere, that much more profound a loss. So many people I've seen right has said this is like losing a grandfather you know Mm -hmm. so in the years you know when when he got into his 70s and 80s and um it's funny just last night i was watching the uh the bruno mars video Mm. for for a lazy day Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) i've actually i've not seen that yet i i will tell you what i've watched several times though is the uh uh, is the um audi commercial yeah, right. <laughs> with the, with him doing right, the, uh, right. the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins and uh, yes, and playing with Quinto as well. Going into, the, I mean, you know, yeah, giving him the Vulcan yeah. nerve pinch and you know, leaving him laying there on the pavement. I mean, there's a yeah, there was a there was a fun about the whole thing. I mean, and you can talk about Shatner doing Get a Life, and you can talk about Shatner doing the uh, doing the um, like the Captain's movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, it, there's something about it, it, it's goofy because I know he got paid for the Audi commercial. It's not like you know this was actually you know following him around on a Saturday afternoon, but he was very comfortable with where he had gone with Spock. It seems. I mean, yeah. I, I, there's a there's a tremendous amount of fun being had there. Yeah, which is a which is kind of a neat thing. It's not even it's not even like it's you know making fun of the character or having fun at his own expense. It's just, I mean, he 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 thoroughly enjoyed. That at the end of it, it seems. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was saying with the the whole "I am not Spock" thing. Is because he followed it up with a book called "I Am Spock." <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that I, I think that's what's pretty great. I, I guess, like I said, at a certain point, maybe it's just necessity. If you realize, well, okay, I'm always going to be known for this thing, and maybe it's an albatross around my neck at, at one way. I could look at it that way. Right. But 
I could also look at it as this is something that has touched a lot of people and really try to figure out why and how that happened. And Ken, I think that's what you and I do every week on Mission Log is we sit there and try to figure out why is it that a show, just a TV show, I mean, it's just a show, (laughs) is something that people talk about and and are deeply affected by and, um, and sort of incorporate into their moral and ethical and philosophical fabric. Um, well, that, because it's not just a show, it's moral and, and you know, uh, yeah. philosophical and ethical and all those things that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's a roadmap or a mm-hmm. star chart or however you want to say it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, but at, the, at the center of that, you know, and, and again, I, I kind of go back to the question of is that then at the end of the day what Star Trek is all about is asking the question – who am I or who are we as people? Well, what is our purpose and why are we here? And Spock got to act that out. You know, Spock got to to be the center, the the dramatic representation of that question. And then lucky for us, a brilliant actor got to inhabit that role. Um, and there are a lot of great roles out there in the world. And there are a lot of great pop culture phenomena out there in the world um, but this is the rare place where that pop culture thing got to be that profound and got to be that introspective through that character. You know, if you sat down and said, okay, I'm going to write a story and this story will be about what is at the very core of humanity, um, I, I would look at you in Starbucks with your MacBook Air and go, yeah, yeah, you know, you and a hundred other people who are sitting in the Starbucks trying to write the next great American screenplay, uh, <laughs> you know. Okay, first but, of all, you're doing it wrong because you should be at the coffee, bean, and tea company. Yeah, well, you know, there, there are fewer of those now, sadly. <laughs> That's true. Right? That's true. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, the, this is the rare place where where it works and it and it resonates and it resonates over time. Um, well, and. And speaking of time, forgive me. I mean, yeah. it also hit at the right time. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we spent the whole time that we were talking about the original series, talking about the upheaval that was going on in the country at that time as well. Yeah. He was not a guru to lead people by no. any stretch of the imagination. But, yeah. I mean, to have somebody sitting there every week trying to figure out their place in the universe while people are sitting at home trying to figure out their place in the universe in ways that they didn't necessarily in the – 50s or the 80s or you know mm-hmm. heck name another decade um yeah i mean that that was a in a lot of ways the the country was sort of waking up um to a number of different things at the time and i yeah. mean so certainly you're right there's a there's a huge confluence there it's and again it's not i mean it, it's not to it's not the same as when you lose like a Lucille Ball, who was bigger in television than Leonard Nimoy was. It's not the same as when you lose an Andy Griffith, who was, you know, mm-hmm. arguably as big in television, mm-hmm. if not bigger than Leonard Nimoy was. There's a, yeah, there's a weird, there's, there's, there's a lot that goes into that moment and that makes, um, it makes us lost, uh, yeah. har- harder, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, people, even if people didn't feel like they knew the person, mm-hmm. people felt like they knew that character and and uh, and they were deeply affected by that character. You, your Christmas movie is The Wrath of Khan. I could not watch that yesterday. Um, and I don't know when I'll be able to watch that again. That's why I watched the Bruno Mars video because it was <laughs> hilarious. And, and it's and it's old Nimoy. It's just a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he's in a bathrobe and he's grumpy and I really needed that to laugh because every time I looked at a picture of young Spock, I, I would get choked up. And I know that I know that Mary was having a difficult time yesterday and she went to the, the Star on the Walk of Fame and went to uh, the Leonard Nimoy Theater here at the observatory. And the director of the observatory had written a statement then that uh, whoever was sort of leading the theater presentation that day uh, read. And it was a very short statement. It was maybe like three or four sentences, and he couldn't get through it. And and he he absolutely broke down reading it. Um, 
So stuff like that, I, I would see and hear glimpses of all day long and, and uh, sort of catch myself and, uh, and go, yeah, I, I can't watch that scene in Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. And certainly there are other scenes in, in other Star Trek that I will, found, that I will find sort of um, a new way to look at now. But yeah, but I, I needed the funny stuff. So if you haven't watched that video, Ken, do do definitely watch it. All right, <laughs> and, and I'll go back and watch the Audi commercial. Yeah, go back and watch the Audi commercial. <laughs> it is hilarious. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'll and I'll watch the Bruno Mars video. Yeah. Um, if you guys haven't been paying attention to social media, uh, Twitter and Facebook in particular, you know we, we've just had tremendous comments on uh, Facebook. Some really really heartfelt stuff. And, uh, and if you're not on Twitter and you miss some of the, the comments, some of these are great. William Shatner uh, said, I loved him like a brother. We will all miss his humor, his talent, and his capacity to love. Zachary Quinto, I think, uh, his was just terrifically poetic. He said, my heart is broken. I love you profoundly, my dear friend, and I will miss you every day, many flights. Um, there were a lot of great, comments uh seth mcfarland kevin smith so uh take a look online and uh and dig through some of those and uh ken i pulled some comments from some of our listeners we got some great emails and uh and some great comments online um so i'll start with one here chris gooley wrote in and said mr spock was the first face of star trek he received more fan mail than captain kirk he was an unlikely sex symbol the 1960s version of weird hotness. <laughs> Mr. Spock defined the Vulcan race at the, uh, at the same time his personal conflicts made him a partial outcast from that race. This dichotomy could have been so easily overacted, yet Nimoy portrayed this duality with a nuance which, looking back, can only be called brilliant. Spock's outcast nature resonated deeply with millions of people. Part of the optimism of Star Trek is that even outcasts can find a home. Spock's story is exactly that. He finds himself and his family in perhaps the most unlikely of places on a starship with beautifully imperfect people who accepted him even when they didn't completely understand him. His death is producing a tangible pain in my heart as though I lost someone I knew. To an extent, millions of fans did know him as he revealed later in his life that there was much more of himself in the character of Spock than he was at one time willing to admit. Hmm. That was nicely said. Weird hotness. <laughs> we, sh- we should all be so lucky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From, yes. Um, got uh, another good one here. Tim Robertson, who said, I was sitting in my office this morning when the tweets started coming in. I started at the first one that seemed like forever. Then I started scrolling the images, the words. Yeah, I knew he was sick, but it's Spock. He rose from the dead before. Then my eyes filled with tears. I got up from my chair and closed my office door. I came across an image of Spock and McCoy from Wrath of Khan. The only word was remember. The tears started flowing. I could not stop. Litter Nimoy was gone. I met him a few times at various Star Trek conventions, always a warm and caring man. He was an icon. Hmm. Um, Ron said this is a tough one, like losing a family member. And yeah, I, I think that's how uh, a, a lot of Fans have expressed that. Um, Judy Conway, uh, replying to one of the the mission log posts, said, thanks for posting this. My eyes are filled with tears. He was a huge part of my life. Um, And Ken, my my favorite actually is from uh, from Anna Maltese, who wrote, no, you're the one who's been crying their eyes out all day long. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Anna. We're on to you. (laughs) hey rob thanks for joining me um you know ken and i just uh we spent some time talking and sharing some emails and comments from mission log listeners and and i have to say that we, we talked about how to do this show and we figured that there was one way to do it where we play a bunch of clips and, uh, you know, play a bunch of audio of Nimoy as Spock. And we thought it's probably better and more genuine if we just wing it. 
<laughs> so yeah. that's that's what we did. But you know, I agree. the The genuine part of it uh, resonates with me. You know, obviously, a lot of people and you know, some news agencies kind of reached out to me and they wanted a quote and all that. So, of course, we we put a quote together, and the quote was genuine in terms of where it came from. But it was it sounded like everyone else's quote. I mean, this is a tremendous loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, every time I say something, it just sounds so prefabricated. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't know Leonard Nimoy that well. I didn't know him at all. Um, yeah. Obviously, he had the relationship with my father and the rest of the cast. So in terms of a personal loss as losing a friend, I, I don't necessarily have that feeling. But of course, the, the overall loss um, in Star Trek and then everyone else, it, no one wants anyone to lose anyone. So yes, it, it's genuine when I say my heart goes out to his family. And you know where my heart really goes? Mm-hmm. It really goes out to all the people who were kind of brought up with Star Trek in their lives where that character really meant something to them. You know, for all the, I'm going to stereotype here, for all the geeks and the nerds and the outcasts, anyone who didn't feel like they were, like didn't feel like they were part of the crew, you know, Spock was that character. Um, yeah. Spock was the one who stood out and, and in many cases, you know, allowed us to look at ourselves, allowed us to look at our own humanity. So my heart really goes out to the people who really grew up with him, the actor, the character, and really loved the character. That's, that's where my love and heart goes to. And of course, you know, the family as well, but yeah, that's where I'm coming at it from. Yeah, I mean, that's been kind of the difficulty is that it, neither Ken nor I knew him. You know, I, I had one little anecdote about running into him backstage somewhere, and 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 I shared that on Facebook because it was a sort of a nice story. But I, I can't claim to have known him in any sense of the word. Um, but I think what's so interesting and what Ken and I really talked about was what is the impact on pop culture and what is the impact on that personal level with fans. Um, So I wanted to ask you and kind of frame that question to you in a slightly different way. When you set us out to do Mission Log, it was partly selfish. It It was partly you saying, I want an excuse to watch Star Trek and think about and analyze Star Trek and kind of do that along with us and do that through us. And I'm wondering if by doing that in sort of a a measured and studied way over the last couple of years, since we got through the majority of the Spock stories, we'll have a little taste of Spock a little later on. But did did your impression or framing of the character change at all in doing that with us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this isn't about saying how great of a job you guys are doing. I mean, I've said it before, the, the, the way that you guys, the attention that you give to this show um, has blown me away. And yes, it was an excuse to sort of rewatch these episodes and do what so many did before, which is sort of geek out about them afterwards. Um, but listening to the kinds of things that you guys pull out of these shows... Um, yeah, it has, has dramatically affected my view on Star Trek. Now, it hasn't altered it. You know, it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. a positive view. Now, in terms of the Spock character, um, I, I would say yes. My, my respect and appreciation for the character has grown um, after you guys. I mean, the animated series was a series that I had never watched. And what was it, Yesteryear? Yeah, yeah. Um, even though that was animation, it was still written by, I, I, I don't know who it was written by. You're pretty good with those. Uh, DC. DC. Yeah, well, it was yeah. written by someone who was yeah. part of the backbone of Star Trek. And so she knew the characters fantastically. And, you know, I was thinking, Leonard Nimoy, I was trying to, trying to figure out my feelings between Leonard Nimoy and the character of Spock, meaning mm-hmm. I don't want to say which will be missed more because um, that's, that's just disrespectful mm-hmm. in any way you look at it. But what I was trying to figure out is, you know, had Leonard Nimoy not come to the part, not been cast for the part of Spock, I, I don't know who that character would be today. You know, I do know yeah. that he, as well as any actor, brings the character to life, brings his or her, in this case, his own views of the character. And Leonard Nimoy made Spock, Spock. So they aren't separate. They are one and the same. And um, it is it is just something that I think about a lot. Who, how, is, how is Spock going to live on? And mm-hmm. it really is in, in the memory. Uh, I, I mean, it's 
cliche to say, but in just the same way my father. Everyone lives on in memory. And, and you know what the best part is? CBS and Paramount aren't keeping Star Trek alive per se. It's the, it's, it's, I keep calling it fandom, but it's fans. It's the people out there who love the show. So, I mean, that's where Star Trek's going to live on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were trying to figure out what is it about a single character. You know, we, we've lost actors before and we've lost important public figures before, but, but what is it about this single character that has resonated with so many? And, and I'm sure that you saw it as well, you know, as soon as you looked at social media, as soon as you started hearing comments on the news of people saying, this one felt like losing a family member. This one felt like losing a grandpa or you know, a favorite uncle or something like that. But there, there was something so close between the character on screen and then the, the, the heart and mind of the viewer watching it. And, and I think that's what's been so, so interesting, but also so difficult to try to pick apart here. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's perhaps, you know, too grand of a statement to make, but I definitely think there's truth to it. You know, I think Leonard Nimoy, Spock, was Star Trek. And, and yeah. by that I mean, um, you've got all these humans, you know, on the bridge, and then you've got this alien character. And it's always the, the aliens, at least in Star Trek, that show us our humanity. So I think, you know, he was so popular, and he's been so popular for decades for a reason. It's the character, as you described, that people have just grown to really love, respect, and admire because we've learned so much from that character. So... All the rest of the cast make Star Trek what it is. But in terms of, you know, I always come at it from what my father brought to the series. And I think he really brought a lot of the philosophy. Mm -hmm. So I think the character of Spock really is what made Star Trek Star Trek from, a, from, from my father's point of view. Because that was the one that asked the next question and made us think deep down what does it mean to be human i could not agree with you more and uh i really thank you for your time yeah oh, thanks